Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much once again for joining me for another broadcast of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to start a whole new series, and it is entitled Unboxing God. That's right, Unboxing God. You know, the Lord is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us, as written there in the book of Ephesians. But you know, even though the Lord has all this wonderful power, sometimes we can still box him in and say what he can do and what he cannot do. And this type of thinking begins to set off a chain of events that can hinder the miracle working power of God in your life. Don't you know that Jesus can be standing right there and we don't even know it? Well, we're going to talk about that today and a whole lot more. Remember to join us on the web 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pastor Mark A. Stroud. And you'll find me right there. And I'll be so glad to connect with you. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled Unboxing God, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. I'm not sure if I told you on last week, but uh, we have concluded the series entitled The Haves and Have Nots. It is done, over with, kaput, at least for right now. We can put it on the shelf along with many others, uh, like the King's Meat and so many others, put it on the shelf. It is not for us to forget, but we stand on all of these and they help us to move forward. Uh, the, the series, the entire series of the haves and have nots was about 10 parts, were 10 parts to that. And, uh, and actually on Wednesday night, we did something uh, different, talking about the image of Christ, how we are apart, how God has called us to be. He's predestined us to be uh, formed in the image of Jesus Christ. So I uh, pray that you'll uh, hear that message when it is available, um, it, when it is available. But this morning, we're going to a little bit different direction, same flow. And uh, we're going to start here at um, John, the fifth chapter, John 5. And I'm going to read to you out of the King James Version, verses 1 through 16. John 5, verses 1 through 16. Amen? We'll read it, and then we'll uh, go back and pray. Are you ready to read? All right. This is how it reads. You, you read along with me, please. We're reading this morning uh, in the King James Version. And it says this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, what? Bethsaida. That's right. Having five porches. How many porches? Five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, uh, waiting for the moving of the water. Uh, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And let me stop there just for a second. If you're reading verses uh, three and four, especially verse four out of the New 
out of the New Living Translation or out of the NIV, that is the New International Version, there are some others that completely omit verse number four. Completely omit verse four. Because uh, some of the Bible translators say, well, that does not flow with the rest of the Bible, so we're going to take that out of that. Or they say, well, that's not a part of the original text, so we take it out altogether. But I will show you today how verse 4 ties in with the rest of Scripture. So I'm going to debate them on that. And we thank God today for the King James Version. Praise the Lord. All right. Verse 5 says, do I read verse 4? I think I did. Verse 5 says, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. How many years? 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been long, uh, been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, will thou be made whole? The impotent man, um, the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step of down before me. Jesus said unto him, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was a Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him, that was cured. Uh, it is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, uh, he that made me whole, the same said to me, take up thy bed and walk. Then asked, um, then asked they him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk. And he, uh, that was healed, Wished not or didn't know who it was. For Jesus had um, conveyed himself away, a multitude uh, being in that place. Uh, verse 14, afterwards, Jesus, uh, finding him in the temple and said unto him, behold, thou art made whole, you're cured, you're well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus. Tattertail. <laughs> sad, sad, sad. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him, sought to kill him because he had done these things on the what? Sabbath day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus name for this time that you have anointed and appointed to take place here as one family, as one body under under you. And we just pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit, great Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just lead us in the scripture today, uh, that you would just teach us what we need to know, that you would just lead and guide us into all truth and even show us things to come. So we uh, today we acknowledge you, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge your teaching ministry. Teach us today and train us in the way we should go. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, we just honor you for your spirit. We honor you for all those that are here today. And, Lord, we just say cause the word to come alive to us. Take us into the scripture. And, Lord, cause us to glean out these truths that we need to have for our lives today. In Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. 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 All right. Today we're going to be speaking from the subject of, and you'll get this further on down, Unboxing God, unboxing God. Uh, 
Now, as I say unboxing, I'm not talking about fighters in a ring box. No, I'm talking about box like in unboxing a present, unboxing a gift, taking something out of the box. Hallelujah. Now, this word is more prophetic than anything, so I pray that, you'll able, that you're able to go with me and receive what God says. Again, verse number one, as is our custom, we'll go back through, and I'm going to show you some things. And uh, as you are open and receptive, you'll actually hear the Spirit of God dealing with you. As I'm speaking here, you'll actually hear him speaking to you as we go through, these, um, as we go through this message today. Verse one says, after this uh, there was a feast of the Jews. Now, the term, the, the two words after this, we're going to hold that actually to the end. After this, that speaks volumes. After this, uh, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Verse two. Now, there now there is at Jerusalem a sheep market, a pool or rather there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool now the word market does not appear in all translations the word market is um really as you talk about sheep it's actually gate meaning a sheep gate at the sheep gate there was a pool anybody seen a pool before a few people have seen a pool before well it's a large body of water just contained okay if you have not i think most of us have seen a pool before okay think about a large body of water almost like a public pool, all right? There was by the sheep gate, or by the sheep market, King James, a pool, which is called by the Hebrew tongue, Bethsaida. Now, Bethsaida means, now here's the definition for this word, Bethsaida. Bethsaida, it means house of mercy. House of mercy. Also meaning house of kindness. House of mercy, house of kindness. It could also mean a flowing water, flowing water, house of mercy, house of kindness, flowing water. It was also the place of receiving and caring for the sick. And we can see that a place for receiving and caring for the sick. So house of mercy, house of kindness also can be and translated flowing. What? Flowing water flowing water. So this is very good. So we see here that there is a pool. There's a pool. And you know what something is by what something does. Um, they're talking about, so all these people were there around this pool because they were receiving what? Mercy, kindness, right? And there was some flowing water there, right? Right there in that pool. Does that make sense to you? So, and it says, uh, having five, what? Porches, having five porches. The number five is very, very prophetic here in this text. Very prophetic. It talks about something else. Having five porches. Now, uh, the porch, the word por porches here is really, um, we could, it's, it's like a portico, which is a covering or a canopy uh, where people, uh, they lay under, or we could say really like an awning, but it's a big awning, right? A big tented area you would say, and people were sitting, were sitting under this portico or under uh, these porches. Okay. So I want you, I don't want you to think just, just plain old porch. There's a, there's a slab and people just laying on it. No porch is like, there's an enclosed area. 
keeping those that are under it from the from the harsh rays of the sun or if it's raining they're covered from the rain so it's more comfortable for them so under these five porches how many porches under these five porches they were protected from the elements protected protected from the rain and the 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 heat and all that so here you have around this pool think about use your imagination around this pool yes let's draw it (laughs) yes 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 by popular demand here we go so here is a pool. I don't, I'm not sure about the, about the shape of the pool and all that good stuff. I don't know. But here is the pool. All right. And there were five porches. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. I'm not sure about the placement of them, but there were five areas, five canopied areas. Okay. And around it, here, here was the, the water, right? The water. Water. All right. So, and all the sick people were under these porches. We got that? All right. Let's look a little bit further. So, they're all under these porches. It's a place of mercy. It's a place of kindness. It's a place where flowing water. It's a place where people come uh, to be received when they are sick. Really, when they are down, they are at their last. They are desperate. Then they come here. Okay. This is almost like, in some cases, hospice care. Okay. This is it. This is it. Okay. All right. Let's look at this again. All right. Let's look in. Okay. We said five porches, five very prophetic, five, five. Five porches. All right. One, two, three, four. Anybody? Five. Five porches. Five, a very prophetic number. Now, let's look at the verse. next verse, and it'll help you, help you bring it out a little bit further. Verse 3 says, In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. We're going to talk about the word impotent. Of impotent folk, of blind, halt. Now, the word halt there means lame. Withered, withered means paralyzed. So you got blind people, lame people, uh, paralyzed people, and they were doing what? Waiting for the moving of the what? Waters. Waiting. They were all waiting for the waters to move. So all eyes were here. Okay, we got that? They're waiting on the moving of water. They're waiting on the moving of water yes I know I spelled it correctly (laughs) they're waiting on the moving of the water all eyes were where on the pool okay on the water waiting on moving of the water all eyes right there now we said number five is prophetic let me show you why hold your finger there in John 5, and let's go to Genesis 1. We're going to talk about the law. They call it the law of first mention, where something is first mentioned in Scripture. Let's look at this. John, or rather, let's go to Genesis 1. Genesis 1. And some say, well, this is so familiar. This is so familiar. It is a very familiar text. I've heard lots of people minister it, but keep on staying with me. Okay. Genesis 1, 
Uh, let's look what let's let's see what takes place here. Genesis one verses twenty through twenty three. Are you there? Let's look at this. And God said, "Let the what waters say waters three times." Uh huh. God said, "Let the waters bring forth abundantly the what moving creatures um, that have life and fowl." That's the birds that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven in the sky. Verse 21. And God created great whales and every living creature that what moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly um, after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So right away, we already see two words that we saw in John, right? Right? That we saw in John what? We saw in John 5. How many porches were there? Five. What words did we see in John 5? Two words that we saw. Moving and water. Do we see that already here? All right, let's read a little bit further. Verse 22. And God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the what? Fill the waters in the seas and let fowls multiply in the earth. Let's, let's read verse 23 together. Ready? Let's read. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Anybody get in that yet? So highly, highly, highly prophetic. The number five, highly prophetic. Let's go back to John five now. So five, we know here representing a moving of the, the moving of the waters, a moving of waters, life springing forth out of waters. All right. So, all right, getting back to here. All right. Verse two says again, there were how many porches? Five porches. Uh, moving of the waters. Let's look at verse number three now. In these lay a great multitude of what folk? Impotent folk. Now, the word impotent here in the Greek, this is, I pray you're getting this, the word impotent in the Greek is um, osteneo. Say osteneo. Osteneo means to be weak, feeble, to be without strength, powerless, sick, needy, and poor. You don't want to be Osteneo. Okay. In these places, there were people that the Greek word is, the, the, the English word is impotent, but the Greek is Osteneo. Say Osteneo. Osteneo. So you walk upon these people in these porches, you see what? Osteneo. And what's Osteneo? Again, it means to be weak. There are weak people there. There are feeble people there. Uh, they're without strength. They are powerless. They are weak. Uh, rather, they are sick. They are needed. They are poor. Okay. In other words, these are all people that could no longer function in this world without the help of others. Okay. They need help every day, every moment. Okay. They needed someone else to help them. These were society's hopeless cases. The pool was, um, the pool was their last stand. They either got healed or they died. Are you hearing? 
Now, we know also from Scripture that when someone was blind, lame, uh, paralyzed, and all those things, what did they normally, where were they normally stationed? What did they normally ask for? Alms, alms for the blind, alms, give me what, charitable giving, give me some money. They will be laying, uh, many laying at the beautiful gate, uh, laying at the entrance of the temple. They want to, you know, give me some money. I can't work for myself, so please be charitable and give me some money. All right, please be charitable. Remember Lazarus laying at the rich man's gate, just desiring the crumbs that fell from the table. Okay, so these were people that couldn't even beg. What was happening? They were all there or couldn't or wouldn't. They were all there waiting on the moving of the water. When many others that were impotent, maybe in a higher class of impotency or whatever, could function more were out asking. But they were here waiting on the water to move. Are you seeing this yet? All right. So let's go look a little bit further. It says, in these lay a great number, not just one or two people, a whole lot of people. So think about a whole lot, possibly hundreds or thousands of people waiting under these canopies, waiting for the waters to be moved. Or uh, the word moved there means to be agitated, waiting on the stirring up of the waters. Okay. Now, verse three not only tells us uh, who was there. We know the impotent folk or what's the Greek word? Osteneo. We know who were there, the Osteneo. We know uh, where they were. Where were they? Under the porches, right? Or in the porches, right? And it also tells us the condition of their mindset. Now, this is thrilling. I pray you get this. This is thrilling. We also know the condition of their minds while they're under, while they're under that place. Now, I want to show you this. The Bible says that they were all there doing what? What were they doing? They were waiting. Good Bible students. They were waiting. They were waiting, waiting. Now, the Greek word for waiting here is um, ekdekamai, ekdekamai. Can you say ekdekamai? Oh, very good. Very good, class. Very good. Ekdekamai means to receive, it means uh, to accept, to look for, it means to accept, to wait for, it means to await. And it is also, in the Greek, it is given, um, it has the, an act, it's an active form of the Greek word, which means it is living, it is alive, there is action there. So they're not just sitting around looking, they're actively waiting on something to move. Which means all of their attention is where? On the water. They're waiting. They're expecting something to happen. They're completely focused. You anybody see a, a child looking at TV? You ever known somebody look, look at TV or something, you say their name? Robert. Rupert. Rufus. Rufus. Rufus, you had to get over there, shake him, and God help him if you turn off the TV. He said, "What you doing? I've been trying to call you for the last five minutes." Completely focused 
on the waters. Okay? So we know their mind, their mind, their mind, uh, their mindset here is that they were expecting, they were waiting. They had received, I love this, they had received, received what? Received the notion that if I wait long enough, I will get my chance to get in here and get my healing. Does that make sense to you? All right. Verse four. Let's go down. Why? I mean, why are they sitting here waiting? Why are they sitting under the porch in that comfortable area? Why are they waiting? Verse four says, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and did what? Trouble the waters. Trouble the waters or stirred up. The word trouble there also means to stir up. It means to agitate. Uh, it means to disquiet or to make restless. So an angel came down. I want you to see this. An angel came down and uh, at a certain season and troubled the water. And whosoever then first, uh, first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Wow. Everybody's waiting for that lottery number. Are you hearing? Everybody. So what do we see here? We see here a picture of desperate people. We see also here, we can also say we see a picture of maybe today, many in today's modern day church. Because they were all religious. Because they're waiting on an angel. They're waiting on something supernatural to occur. And they were all stuck. They're waiting on a sign, waiting on a wonder, all knowing or all having some type of reverence for God, hoping that God would send this down. But they weren't looking for God. They were looking for the moving. All their attention was focused on what God had done previously for someone else. This worked for somebody else before, right? There was a troubling of water. The Bible says that at a certain season, an angel came down. Somebody saw it and it had to have worked for somebody. And so somebody that was sitting there in these porches, first one in. I don't know. They, how they got in or someone picked them up and carried them. He's moving. Come on. <laughs> oh, he got it. He got it. He got it. And they saw that. Right? Can you imagine the hysteria? <gasps> wow, I've been waiting here. I've been going to church a lot longer than here. Now, how he become a minister? How he get up and stand in front of everybody? Amen. Right? Amen. Now, what this did. There was a sense, of course, of community around the pool. But what happened was, once somebody saw the water stir up a little bit, maybe the wind blew across it. You are my friend as long as it's not moving. <laughs> but as soon as it starts moving, get out of my way. <laughs> Can you see that? Because we all know the first one in 
gets healed. So it's not about a sense of community. I love you. You love me. Yeah, we can all talk in fellowship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when the time comes, you understand all bets are off. If I got to clip you up to get down there, I'm getting in there first. Okay? So we see here again, there's a multitude of hurting people here. There's a multitude of, of desperate, they're religious people because they believe in the supernatural happening. And so they're waiting on the supernatural, sitting under a shaded area or a comfortable place, waiting and hoping and expecting a sign from God that would agitate them, agitate the waters, cause something to move to get me out of this situation. Does that make sense to you? Now, here again, they had seen or heard that God had moved uh, that way before, and they were waiting on him to do it again. But the problem was they were not waiting on God. They were waiting on the miracle. They were not waiting uh, or they were not looking for God. There was not, they were not looking for God's heart. They were looking for what was in God's hand. Are you understanding? This was not a place for them to worship God and and honor God. Oh, you've been so good to us. Oh, you've been. No, it's. I'm waiting to see what God going to do. I'm waiting for my chance. I'm waiting for my moment. This was not a place of worship. This was a place of looking for a sign, looking for a wonder. Their attention was not God on God, but it was on what God could do. This is why we see further on down when God comes wrapped in human flesh and comes to somebody and asks them, do you want to be made well? They didn't recognize him because they weren't looking for him. Does that make sense to you? Let me tell you this. Now, let's look at here again at verse number four, and we'll begin to close out. Are y'all getting anything out of this? So they were looking for the it, but not God. Now, understand something. Verse, let's go to verse five, and we're going to begin to wrap up here. Verse five says, and a certain man, verse five begins to tell us about one of those people that were in the porches. Now, we understand the condition of the people in the porches, right? Now, here's one man. Let's put him over in porch number two. This one man that was singled out. One man was singled out from the rest. And we know one particular thing about him, that he had been in that condition for how long? 38 years in that same condition. Let's find out about this man, verse number five. And a certain man was there which had a what? An infirmity, which had an infirmity. Now, the word infirmity in the Greek means want of strength. It means weakness. It means infirmity uh, of the body. But it also means weakness and uh, rather uh, it could be of the body and of the, of the mind, of the soul. Just weak. Weak, without strength. Um, and as it relates to the body, sickly or um, feebleness of health. Now, as it relates directly to the soul, because this word infirmity directs is not only talking about the body, but also the soul. I'll pray, pray you hear this, then we're going to close out. 
of the soul is talking about uh, someone who uh, lacks the strength, lacks strength of the soul. They lack understanding of a thing uh, or they do not or they um, they don't know how or they don't do things greatly or gloriously. Someone who uh, who does not have restraint um, when corrupt desires come their way. Someone who does not have the strength also to bear under a trial. So many of these cases define many of us today. Let me say it again. Here is an impotent man who'd been in that condition uh, for 38 years. Not an impotent man, but a man who had an infirmity for 38 years. What type of infirmity? The, the infirmity, not only this Greek word talks about the body and the soul. His body was weak. Uh, he was sickly in body. He was feeble in health. But no, understand something. Let's go back up to verse. Uh, uh, let's go back up verse three. It says in this lay a great number of blind people. Say blind. blind. Halt means what? Lame. Say lame. Withered means paralyzed. Say paralyzed. paralyzed. Okay. So there's blind so there is lame and paralyzed. They needed someone else. This man's condition is just that he is without strength. Okay? He is to the point where he does not have any strength. He cannot move, but everything is working. It does not say his legs are paralyzed. It does not say his eyes are not working. He can see. It does not say there's something wrong with his legs as in he is lame. No, all his faculties are there, but he does not have the power to move them. Does that make sense? Now, which is worse? Being paralyzed, having strength and being paralyzed, or your body is functioning, you can move everything, but you don't have the strength to move it. It's like you have a, a phone that is the, your batteries have been depleted. It's working, but the batteries are dead. So here's this man. It's working, but the batteries are dead. What's dead in it? Not only is the not only is the body weak, not only is the body without strength, but in the soulish realm, he is without strength to understand. Many of us are without strength to understand. Uh, in the soulish realm, he's without strength to do anything great or glorious. He only does things normally or below normal or average. He does not have the strength to do anything great or glorious for God. He does not have the strength uh, to restrain himself from corrupt desires. That is when temptation comes his way, he moves on it. He doesn't have the strength to resist it. And he also doesn't have the strength to bear under a trial or trouble. He buckles under the weight of it. And so he's been in that condition for 38 years. For 38 years. Now, time, my God, I cannot go into all of it with you right now. I can't go into all of it. But I can tell you this as, as I close out. 38 is also another prophetic number. Because if you look in the book of Deuteronomy, you'll find that it took 38 years for all the uh, those that disobeyed God. When God said, go into the promised land, they said, we're not going to go. It took 38 years for that generation to die off. And two more years for them actually making 40 for them to cross over into the promised land. 38 years, 38 years waiting, 38 years watching, wanting God to do something. 
38 years. Why? Because at the beginning of the 38 years, they disobeyed God. They sinned. What happened in this man's life? After Jesus healed him, he said, go and sin no more. There was sin that cost him 38 years. 38 years in that same condition. He was waiting on God like they were waiting on God, waiting on an answer 38 years. Focus not on God, but focus on what they wanted from God. Now, his problem was simply this. Jesus came to him and said, do you want to be made well? You want to be made whole? And he said, how can I? Because I don't have anybody to help me to get into the pool. Why? Because this is how it's been done, Jesus. Everybody that's gotten down the Hilton pool had somebody pick them up and carry them. I don't have any friends, cousins, relatives. I don't have any money. So when it's trouble, somebody sit with me and we all look at the pool troubled. I don't have anybody to co-sign for me that when opportunity comes up, I can get it. I don't have anybody to help me to sign the grant. I don't have anybody to help me. I don't have enough church members to build a building. I don't have this, I don't have the credit. I don't have the education. You, you, do I wanna be made well, Jesus? Do I want better things? Well, if I look better, if I had the education, I could do it. Somebody may be getting that. He was waiting on a system, a system. But Jesus came and unboxed him, unboxing God, saying to him, you can have this. You don't need the system. I can give you what you need if you look to me. I can bypass the system and get you what you need. Are you understanding? I can bypass the system. Now, if you look back up at verse number one, verse number one starts with two words. What is it? After this, after this, highly prophetic, what happens? What happened before that? If you look in verse number 48, it says, then, then said Jesus unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The man wanted healing for his son, but Jesus said, you've got to see something in order for you to believe. They had to see something in order for them to believe. Those under the five porches were waiting to see something. And then they would believe enough to go run. They had to see and then they would believe. But Jesus said it's time to unbox God. If you can believe God when you haven't seen anything. Because your deliverance, if you would hear this, your deliverance is right in front of you. But many of you are waiting on God to do something here or something there. More money in the bank, higher credit score. If I can just get a job back in this, that, and the other. God said, I will bypass the system if you just believe in me. He said, I'll bypass the entire system and give you what you need. If you recognize the presence of the Lord right there in front of you. How sad is it that Jesus stands right in front of you? And he says, do you want the new house? Do you want the new car? Do you want to be healed? Do you want the new business? But we give him excuses. I don't have anybody to help me. He said, I didn't ask you that. So many of us are going through the different seasons. The first season, we're going, the first season we go through the season of grief. 38 years, agony, torment, and pain. 
Then here comes the season of the question. Do you want to be made well? Hope is revised. That's the second season. The third season is when we begin to complain, whine, and humiliate, and give God reasons why it cannot happen. And then the fourth season, which is where the season we're in right now, I pray that you are. The fourth season is when Jesus overrides your thinking and gives it to you anyway. Are you hearing? But understand the man's feet and man's body was completely healed, but he obeyed the word of God. Jesus said, get up, take up your bed and walk, get up. He still had to obey even in that season, had to obey. So why did Jesus go to him and no one else? I believe the Lord sampled the crowd and found that this man would actually hear him and do what he said, even though he did not have the system requirements. And so here's the word of the Lord that that comes to you today. As the Lord says, please unbox me. As the Lord says, unbox me. Because many of you have to feel healed before you will accept your healing. But the question is, can you believe that you were healed even though you still have pain? Even though we're still in the wheelchair, can you believe that you're actually walking? Even though the symptoms persist, God said, can you believe me beyond the symptoms? Can you declare it beyond the symptoms? Or do you have to be one that sees first and then believes? Do you have to see the trouble? Do you have to see the water troubling? Do you have to see the check in the mail to know that you're out of debt? Do you have to see the new job? Do you have to see the promotion? Do you always have to see it before you interact with God? If so, then God can be standing right there in front of you and you'll miss him. Stop waiting on the thing and look toward him. It's time to unbox God. Go ahead and clap. Go ahead and clap. It's time to unbox him. It's time to unbox him. You don't have the credit, praise the Lord. You don't have the money, then praise the Lord. It's time to unbox him. He can supersede the system and give you what you need. How is it possible? He's God. If you unbox him, if you release God from the system of things. Lord, I don't have nobody to help me get me in pool. So you can't want me. I don't have any, I don't have any money. So you can't want me. I have a bad record. So you can't want me. Stop putting these labels on God. Say, Lord, say with me, Lord, Lord this, morning, this morning, I unbox you. I'm looking to you, not the pool. I'm looking to you and I will not be made a fool. I'm looking to you for you are my light you are my salvation and I receive you even now I say yes to you Jesus I say yes to you Jesus and I will arise take up my bed and follow you in Jesus name now give the Lord a mighty hand of praise go ahead and clap your hands to him Go ahead and clap your hands to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on and clap your hands to him. Hallelujah. 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 Shoo. If you can believe it, the door of miracles has just slung open. 
if you can believe it, the door of miracles has just slung open. For today we decree that we walk by faith and not by sight. In the name of the Lord, come on and clap. Go ahead and bless him. Go ahead and bless him. Go ahead and bless him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that's some warm bread. It feels good to the soul, doesn't it? Oh, that's warm. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. God doesn't need your system. He doesn't need your credit. He doesn't need your money. He can get you what you need apart from that. Hallelujah. You're opening the door to miracles. Open the door to miracles. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word that we have received. It is like warm bread that feeds our souls. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.